balanced, everything raveled right. I tuck my folding fan into my pocket and make my way to the hatch. Nan and Lel, and some of the other grown girls, stir on the mattresses, cramping the floor, as I punch in the pattern code to unlock the door. Circle, bar, bar, slant. Only Modri Relier and me know the pattern. Me, since I'm so girl of our ship, and her, since she's first wife to the Perestrata's captain. At least, ever since a fever took my mother to the void, ten turns past. Nan tried to get me to tell the pattern one time, so she could sneak off to her cats in the livestock bay, but I told her no. My father can trust me and Modri Relier, but it's hardly safe if all the women and girls know. I heave the door open on its rollers and creep out into the hallway. The faint, moon-blue light of a bio-loom bowl washes the walls. I think I'm going back and hurrying the others along, so I won't be caught alone out in the corridors. But I am the so-girl, and my father's eldest daughter besides. No one would dare say anything to me. And a few minutes by myself is too choice to pass up when I spend near every minute of the day hemmed in by other people. I roll the door partway closed behind me. I breathe deep. Without the heat and breath of so many women pressed together in one room, the air is less close, almost cool. One of our canaries pipes a question at me from its cage in an alcove along the wall. I bend close and work the tip of my finger between the bars. The canary quirks its head at me, its eyes small, inky spots in the half-light. Ava? Lel hisses behind me. She leans out of the hatch, still working the tie of her outer skirt. Wait on us, huh? I pull my finger from the cage, straighten up, and fold my arms in feigned impatience. Lel squints at me, uncertain. Hurry on, then, I say. Sometimes I forget Lel can't read my looks. I have to speak aloud if I want her to do what needs doing. Her eyes are bad, like her mother's and all her brothers and sisters. Lel nods and ducks back into the sleeping quarters. There's doctors on the way stations that can fix bad eyes, but Priority says it's only for those on flight and fixes duty. It's not worth the cost if you're only assigned to the kitchens or the nurseries, much less cleaning or the dye works. Maybe someday Lel and her mother can share a pair of glasses, like my great-grandfather's widow Hannah has. Across the corridor, a porthole looks out onto the darkness of the void, speckled bright with stars like a vast black egg. A distant silver-gray moon hangs against it, and farther out, a blue planet, mottled cloud-white and brown-green, slips into view, a bright halo circling it. Earth, the seat of all our woes. I step up to the glass. The skyport floats somewhere above the blue planet, still some far to be seen with the naked eye. But come end day, we'll dock our ship, and we'll join the other crews for our first end-run meet in five turns. A nervy, electric thrill trips through my body, at the sight of the moon and its world, so impossibly near and far at once. Sometimes I forget the true, endless scope of the void, and lull myself to thinking our ship is all the universe there is. But then we pass a moon or a world, hanging lonely and luminous in the dark, and it comes to me the sheer stretch of the emptiness we live in. I touch my hand to the porthole's cool, scored surface and trace the curve of the earth. No, I tamp out the thought, tuck my hands under my arms, and look away so I see only our ship.
If I've taken to gazing out portholes like a silly, earth-struck girl, I truly must be in need of marrying, as Modri Rellier's son, Jarrett, teases. All the old girls say we younger ones are drawn to the earth, even though its touch means our ruin. They say even Seleas, our first patriarch's wife, fell weeping when our people departed some thousand turns past, and she had seen its desolation with her own eyes. They say ever since, our women have harbored a wanting for the earth, like a soft, rotten spot in our souls. It is our men who risk to walk it when the need comes, our men who gird themselves and shield us from its pull, who must purify themselves with oil and water after suffering its weight. And, in turn, all we need do is remember how our ship is life, the true world, the pure world. I whisper a piece from the word of the sky to keep me raveled.